a cold, so I'm using my 11th commandment to get through this. All of us have our 11 commandments. My commandment this morning is, thou shalt not croak. <laughs> when you're down, when you're down and troubled, and you need some love and care, ain't nothing going right. Close your eyes. Meditate on him. Soon, he will brighten your darkest hour. Because what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs we bear what a privilege to carry everything. Oh, every single solitary thing to God in prayer. Now help me. Oh, what feet we often forfeit. Oh, 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 what needless pain we bear. Oh, because we don't know how to carry. But we're here. They are the people who help us carry everything. Everything. Let me hear everybody say everything. 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 everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble everywhere? Jesus knows our every weakness. If, if we take it, take it, take it, take it, I'm telling me. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Listen, you need somebody to care, then you give care. Because if you want it, you gotta give it.
May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our reading is from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 16. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him, and he is in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. This is God's word to God's people. Thanks be to God.
Amen. Our sermon series was established probably before November last year, and at the time I was like, hey, Walt, wouldn't it be kind of cute since your last topic in your sermon series about our be becoming our best has to do with love, that we focus on love for the month of February? Because hello, it's Valentine's Day, it's the month of love, we should take some time to look at it. And as we got closer, I went... This is feeling very cliche, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And then I listened to Walt's sermon last Sunday, and I was like, ooh, I set myself up for a difficult one here, but we'll see. And then this week unfolded, and I recognized that having a sermon about love today was exactly what needed to happen. And maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit knew what was going on back when we made this decision months ago. And for that, I give thanks. Be and talking about love around Valentine's Day can sometimes be difficult. We have people that go, Rachel, I'm not in a relationship. I don't want to hear about love. Because we know that Valentine's Day is also Singleness Awareness Day. <laughs> we know that there's a lot of pressure that comes to people, um, especially those in new relationships, about how do I express myself and my interest in someone. It might be infatuation right now, but I'm expected to take them out on a date and make grand gestures, but I'm not sure I'm there yet. 
I'll be honest with you, Warren and I went on our first date on February 15th, 12 years ago, because we did not want to have any attachment to Valentine's Day for our first date. So we're like, no. So I recognize that we all have different places in our relationship with Valentine's Day. I will also admit that I could never be someone who grumbled about the day because it also happens to be my parents' wedding anniversary. And this year they'll be celebrating 49 years of wedded bliss, and for that I give thanks. So Valentine's Day always goes hand in hand with celebrating the love that my parents have. And regardless of where we are at with our feelings about Valentine's Day, I hope and pray that we recognize that it's not just a day, not just a month, but our very being that should resonate and reside in love. And it comes from that place of God, God's love being for us so profound. Our scripture today cuts to the chase. God is love. Done. Amen. We can go home, right? I have a feeling that you might get a little frustrated with me if I say we're done with the sermon here. So I'll unpack it a little bit. God is love. John Wesley, in his notes on the Bible, says this about the passage that we heard this morning. God is love. This little sentence brought St. John more sweetness than even in the time he was writing it than the whole world can bring. God is often styled holy, righteous, wise, but not holiness, righteousness, or wisdom in the abstract, as he is said to be love, intimating that this is his darling, his reigning attribute, the attribute that sheds an amiable glory to all of his other perfections. So basically, God's love takes all of those other things that we talk about from the untouchable, unattainable, to the reality, from being abstract to being tangible. And God outlined or loved us so well and so thoroughly. Let's look at that a little bit. God created us, right? He gave us a beautiful garden to live in, and we messed up, and we sinned. But God continued reaching out to us, trying to rescue us and invite us back into relationship again. He took us out of slavery in Egypt And we wandered the wilderness for a while. And instead of leaving our trust in God and knowing that God loved us, we built a golden calf. But God didn't say, I'm done with you. God said, let me reach out again. So God sent prophet after prophet to invite us back into relationship. That sounds a little bit familiar because if you listen to the communion liturgy every month, that's something that we talk about. We continue to turn away from God, but God continues to reach out to us. Ultimately, God sent Jesus to live among us to express more fully the extent of God's love for us. Jesus became the incarnation of love, walking and living among us, willing to sacrifice for us, willing to lay down his life for us. God is the source and the definition of love. God is love, and God loves as the sun shines. Love expresses who God is. 1 John emphasizes that God's love is not some abstract concept, just like John Wesley talked about. It is a passion expressed in action. God made love real and present by sending Jesus to live among us and to die for us. 
God continues to show us love through Jesus' life-giving presence among us. If ever we should question whether God truly does love us, the gift and the witness of the Holy Spirit confirms it again and again. We are God's beloved. God's love is a truth more basic and reliable than the ground we walk on or the air we breathe. God is love. God loves us. Not for anything that we did or maybe said more aptly, despite the things we do, God loves us. God's love does not depend on our initiative or our worthiness. We don't have to reach out to God or even believe in God in order to be loved. We don't have to clean up our act before God can love us. We don't have to measure up to some standard in order to be lovable. No, God showers love on us whether we deserve it or not. And in all honesty, who could ever deserve such amazing, immeasurable love? 1 John insists that the more fully and completely we know God, the more immensely, the, the more the immense reality of God's love dawns on us. When we open ourselves to the warmth and light of God's presence, we find that even our deepest, darkest secrets, the ugliest parts of ourselves, are not beyond God's reach. Nothing in us is so broken or so filthy that God is unwilling or unable to touch it. God embraces us as we are, loves us as we are, and works in us to make us clean and whole and new. For any of you who have uh, followed the Wesleyan understanding of grace, I've just talked about all of them right here in this sermon. Provenient grace is the love that God has for us, where God is reaching out to us before we're even aware of it. We've done nothing to deserve it. It is just so full that God wants to be in relationship with us. And that moment where we recognize that God is in our lives and we say, Lord, help me. I'm here. I'm listening. Is the moment that we're justified or we experience justifying grace. And then we don't stop when we say yes to God. We are growing to be the person that God wants us to be. We're growing in our understanding of love. We're growing into who God calls us to be which is why we have classes like our Lenten series, which help us grow and become more fully, or to more fully understand the ways that God is inviting us to, to experience that love fully. And that's called sanctification, the process of being made perfect in God's love, the process of experiencing that grace. For some of us, we're saying, I'm not sure if I understand this concept that God loved me before I was even, before I did anything or before I earned anything. But for any of us who have held a new baby in our arms, whether it's our own or a grandchild or a friend's or a niece or a nephew, we look at that new face and we say, oh my gosh, the amount of love I have right now is swelling in my heart. I love you and you've done absolutely nothing to earn it. You haven't babbled yet. You haven't made me change a diaper yet. And yet, I still love you. You haven't woken me up so many times that I can't tell you what day or if it's night or day right now. But that love is real, and it's rich, and it's deep. And that's the love that God has for us, reaching out to us, saying you are perfect the way you are. 
and that I love you. And while you are perfect in your creation, you can always grow a little bit, right? So God is always inviting us forward. Frank Rogers, who's a professor at Claremont School of Theology, and I think that Walt referenced in his sermon last week, but I'm pretty sure it's a different quote. If it's the same quote, oops, um, says this. Like the parent who stops to behold a sleeping child, God gazes upon each person, valuing each one as beloved. As we hold others in the light of love, our hearts open more fully towards them. It deepens our connection to the compassion, the compassionate God, whose expansive reach extends even to those who are lost and on the margins. Praise be that we have a God that's continually reaching out to us, saying, I love everyone. When Jesus lived on this earth, he did things that shocked a lot of people. He sat down and ate with sinners. He said, if you were without sin, cast the first stone. He repeatedly invited us to be in a relationship of love. And oh my gosh, that version of of our song today, when it says that when you are lost and alone, let the waves bring you home, praise be. That's what we're supposed to do. The moments where we are searching and we doubt our worth, we doubt where we're going, we have to let the tide, the waves of God's love, wash over us and nourish us and nurture us and bring us back to the place of recognizing our worthiness just in the mere fact that we are here. We don't need to do anything, but God loves us. And if we start from that place of recognizing that we are beloved by God and look at the scripture and recognize that God is inviting us to love others as we are loved, how can we not go into the world as representations of love? It breaks my heart that some of our high school students in our area may be receiving messages of hate tomorrow morning. It breaks my heart. But I promise you that tomorrow, while I may not be there at 6.30 in the morning because I'm not good at getting out of the house that early, I will be surrounding the Thousand Oaks students with prayer. I will be wearing my T.O. Strong t-shirt, and I will be in the community displaying and expressing love in every way, shape, and form that I can so that everyone in our community doesn't just get a message of hate, but knows that we have a God who loves us, that God is love, and that's who we are meant to be. And if we can remember that our rootedness is in God's love, then we can make our community strong and to experience the kingdom of God as it's supposed to be. Our opening hymn this morning uh, has the line in the final verse. Lift we then our human voices in the songs that faith would bring. Live we then in human choices, lives that like our music sing. I pray that the lives that we live in the weeks to come and in the days to come sing the praises to God and sing the truth to the world that our God is love and that all of us are worthy of that love. Amen.